Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Claudia, we are looking at favorites, playing favorites. And we know people who have supervisors who play favorites. We do? Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay, we do, we do. I meant that as a general form of truth. It's common out there. It is true. everywhere. It's it's It's, very true. You're right, you're right. It's just... People get along with certain people better. They click. They like the same sports teams. They like whatever. They're both aggressive. They're both friendly or whatever. And they end up working together more, and you kind of turn to that person more often. And that's all fine and well. But at a point in time, the others start feeling that you're playing favorites. It's true. I'm, and usually the impact on this is the, on the morale and the attitudes of the other employees who are sort of, you know, watching these people in a bubble work well together and are somehow left out or not given the same opportunity or choices or challenges. Exactly. And so all this, but all this is going on without your knowledge or awareness is what usually happens. And so this resentment's building and it usually comes out in some form of, it doesn't matter what I do, I'm not going to get noticed like so-and-so. Or when that opportunity comes along, they're the sure bet for the promotion, not me, so I'm not even going to try. And it's that I'm not even going to try, or it's not even worth putting in the extra effort. That starts impacting actual results. And we start getting things happening and not happening as a result of our playing favorites that we really don't want to see happening on a team. How do we even see this? Like, you know that you have camaraderie with most people, but I think most people in this situation would say, oh, I get along with all of my team. All of my team is important to me. Uh, so-and-so and I just work better, and so that we're more efficient together. I mean, that might be a clue mm-hmm. that you, you singled a person out, but how do we even know we're doing this? Yeah, it's a good question. And the main thing we want to do, one, is you already said, is you, you know you spend time with some people more than others. So that's something that isn't usually a blind spot. But we can do intentionally is stop and think about that and ask questions like, is this really the best? Is this the best person to discuss this with? Is this the best person to bring into it? And that alone might give, bring to mind someone else who should be in the conversation. That alone might bring into mind someone else who would actually be better to assign the task to. And if you can't do that kind of thinking or keeps ending up with that person, then you probably have some, you have something to think about. So that's one way to catch yourself. Another way is this: take the, the conversation out of the clouds and out of general concepts like we do here on the podcast, like playing favorites and being accused of playing favorites and get it down to something concrete, you know, and get people to, people are complaining, find out what their beef is, you know, ask specific questions, get it down to what's actually coming out of it. For example, you might have a really aggressive, successful salesperson who's an absolute jerk in the office and you know treats the staff horribly, like they're indentured servants or something, and everyone serves them. And you know that's so. You, on the one hand, you may be playing favorites. On the other hand, you, it might just be a business trade-off between is the additional business this person brings in worth what it's costing us in morale. And, you know, lost work after everyone else being treated like trash. Do you see that what I'm doing? I'm trying to get it down to things that are actually happening on the ground. So then if you choose the additional work, like the sales really does get you a lot more, then 
you have to start dealing with the consequences of having this jerk on the team. If it weighs out the other way, then you have to be willing to confront that person, even though they're, it feels indispensable. They're such a great salesperson. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess the important thing is, as we had talked about before, to really sort of have an understanding of how things are working, how you're kind of relating to those that work with you. And it could be a situation where there really, really is one person that's better than everybody else at sure. what they do. And so mm-hmm. in a way, your favoritism is justified. On the other hand, it isn't really helping anybody do a better job. So that's what you want to be able to look at. So if you can answer it in the one direction, they really are doing a better job. Fine, keep them in charge or keep them rewarded. But if they're not, if it turns out to be more just a favoritism, an irrational, you just, and I don't even mean to speak down on that. It may be easier to work with. They may be better alongside you. But then you might want to you know, take a look at if it's not serving you very well. And that's what's hard to do. So when we're thinking about these favorites, these people who, you know, it's, it's the other people who are using this term. It's, you know, the rest of the team, you know, she's playing favorites, you know. It always turns to whoever for it. So it's, it's that chatter you want to get in on. And you got to be and and be open to. So it's a question: Is how do I empower myself to look at myself? Because it is threatening to have other people accuse you of things. You become immediately defensive, and you know that's why we're we're talking about it. There's probably someone you might be playing favorites with. It may be appropriate, and they're the best person. It may not. And you got to watch how it's working against you know what you really want to see happening. Right. I mean, I guess. Again, the important thing is know what you're giving up or know what you're missing or know what the effects are. Even if you choose, you know, I still want this person to be more involved and have more responsibility and kind of be my right-hand person, at least, you know, beware of the effects. Exactly. The second major thing I would say you want to do is that people are afraid to do for some reason is be honest. You can be honest. People will put up with almost anything. So, for example, let's say somebody's asked you to hire their niece, and the niece isn't performing very well, but you feel you have to keep them on the team because they're the whoever's niece. To make excuses for this person is never going to work. But if you can be honest and say, you know, she's a relative, everybody gets that. They might not be happy. They might not think it's fair. Well, it isn't fair. You're doing a favor for someone. But they understand that favorites are done. Same with your favorites. Let's say you come down to it, it is a favorite. If you can just be honest and say, I like working with this person better, and this is what I like, then you can give other people information about it. But when we pretend that we're being fair, and we pretend it's all the same, and we just deny the accusations, and we try and make up reasons why someone's you know gets everything, all the prime slots, that always backfires. It is true. I think all of us have been in a situation where, you know, you plainly see something and when somebody denies it, it's almost more infuriating. It's almost more demoralizing, more annoying. I like working with my friend. My friend works here. You know, we don't know each other very well yet, so it's going to be different. You're just talking about it. But it's the, yeah, it's the unseen, unaware, kind of kidding ourselves that that person really is the best that undermines everything. And then... People stop trying. So let's say you're a person who kind of realizes, oh, I've I've been playing favorites, and this hasn't really affected my team very well. 
how do you begin sort of to make adjustments so that, you know, that's not, I mean, it's still a reality. I'm still going to like working with this person, but I still have to deal with the aftermath of my choices. Well, that's a good question. And again, I would say, don't worry about the topic of playing favorites. Take it down to some concrete reality that's going on. So let's say it's the um, assignments, giving out assignments, projects. And so in giving out the project, if one person gets all the good projects, you know, what you want to look at is what are your criteria for selecting who's going to lead the next project. And so that gives you something concrete to look at. And you can just think about those criteria. Okay, I need someone who has uh, good detail skills and one who can do long-range planning and, you know, has relationships in these three areas already because that's where we're going to have to build partnerships. And that will help point you to the right person. If you have that kind of criteria, that gives you a tool to choose the best person. And if the best and the favorite line happen to be the same, so be it. So what you want to be doing is finding that specific context and giving yourself, um, same with the promotion, same with forms of rewarding. You know, just you look at the specific thing and you say, what are my criteria for making this decision? Or giving this promotion or bonus or pay raise or fill in the blank. And that criteria will help you choose between the people. Well, next week we'll be discussing favorite technology, which I believe is probably kind of a big thing for offices. Well, when there's only one answer. When there's only one answer. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see you next time and be sure to join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.